0: I forgot to mention this in the announcements. we got something really cool coming up for everybody at Second Chance. we got something that we're going to give away. I'll have more details next week. We're going to give it away just so we can remember this season and this series, I'm not there yet. Let me set today up with something I've been thinking about for for a long time. There's some phrases in life that we just should stop saying. Because they, they, if you really kind of, I'm a logical person and I'm also a visual person. So when you take logic and vision and you put it together, people say certain things and then you can see it happening in your mind and it absolutely is not good. For example, for example, the phrase, he was running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Okay. First of all, have, that's Disturbing on so many levels. And I'm not even a part of like PETA, all right? I'm just saying it's th- because, have you seen that? Have you ever seen that? A chicken, what is it, run it? It really does, it really does. It's, well, it's kind of like Gamecock football, but um, a little bit, not, not quite as organized, but a chicken with his head cut off is so disturbing. And so when we say that to somebody like me, I can see that in my mind and I'm like, ugh. This is another one. This is another one. And you should never, ever, I'm, I'm declaring we should never say this again because I was in a meeting one time. I remember the first time I ever heard this phrase. And a guy was giving me some encouragement and, some, and a compliment, and then he looked at me and said, hey, man, I'm not trying to blow smoke up your butt. And I thought, good. Good. Because I don't think I would let you. Like, has anybody ever really done that? Hey, man, come here. I want to try something. Ooh. Like, I, I just don't think we should ever say that again. There's certain phrases. And, but this is the phrase. This is the phrase, I think, that sometimes can come across. We mean it sincere, but it can come across as insincere. And this is the phrase. Don't worry about it. Don't. Worry. I can't make my car payment. Oh, don't worry about that. Can't make... My house, family, don't worry about that. Can't make my student. Don't, don't worry about that. I'm feeling a little sick. Don't worry about that. Like we mean it to try to encourage people, but it comes across as completely insensitive because worry and anxiety are two realities that we're dealing with all over the world right now. I the Statistics are all over the place. You can Read them in every publication, Christian publication, non-Christian publications, um, liberal and conservative writers all are saying the same thing. That the anxiety rate and the depression rate in America and even across the world is, has significantly Increased over the past six to eight weeks, where we're dealing with worry and anxiety on a whole new level. I read a statistic the other day that said depression medication has increased 35% just over the past month. Worry is something that all of us are dealing with in one way, shape, form, or fashion. And so when somebody comes up and says, don't worry about it, it actually, just for a lot of people, just to be honest, it actually causes us to worry more because we're worried about the fact that we're worried now i could i could go on about this but there's a problem there's a problem with this mentality when i say don't worry about it that we shouldn't say it when we go to the gospels and we see jesus jesus say do so don't worry now he's he's talking about a certain context But in this culture and in this time period, I mean, because a lot of people say, well, they didn't have COVID-19. Yeah, they also didn't have like Publix and Chick-fil-A and and things like we have today. They also didn't have cars and they also didn't have transit. They had a, I mean, in this society, these people didn't even know where their next meal was coming from. So Jesus is talking one day and he's telling them, do not worry. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and tell y'all. I'm going to tell everybody. When it comes to these three words that Jesus said, I'm not there yet. I wish I could be, I wish I could be worry-free. And I wish, I wish I could offer you today a worry-free guarantee. If you'll just pray this prayer and 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 whatever, that you will never worry again. But worry, worry and anxiety basically are something that we all deal with. And worry and anxiety come from three major places. I'll just talk about this real quick. First of all, it comes from the past. Everybody, everybody watching today has that season that you would just love to forget. When I first became a Christian in 1990, there was a, a group that came out, a Christian, or there, there was a pretty new um, Christian group called DC Talk. And um, and they had just came out, and it was great at the time. At the time, it really was great music. Um, but the problem was, it gave a lot of white people like me the false impression that we could rap. And so, I'm not making this up, I and another white guy formed a Christian rap group called New Attitude. And we toured for like a year and a half. Now, when I say we toured, we got in my broke-down Toyota Camry and drove anywhere that would let us rap. And so we, were, we got kicked out of one church. It was amazing because they thought we were a Southern Gospel group. And we just rolled in there and, like, dropped it. And uh, Anyway, long another story, another time. Now, here's the good news. Here's the good news. There is zero video evidence that I was ever in this group. None. It does not exist. Actually, there is one videotape. I'm the only person that knows where it is. And it will, listen, you couldn't get it out of me with bamboo under the fingernails. It's just not happening. But I can still see that in my mind. I'm like, oh my gosh, I thought that was so awesome. And it was so bad. So bad. Somebody like, break a rap right now. No, <laughs> can't do it. But the thing is, when we look back over our past, there are things that a lot of us are going, you know, I wish the thing in my past was just that, but it's something else. And, and we've got it on tape almost in our minds, running over and over and over again. And when we think about the past, when we think about the past, this is what we think. There's no way that God could love me because of what I did. And that, I'm telling you, emotional and spiritual anxiety is crushing so many people. I actually had somebody say on a, um, a Facebook live yesterday that one of the biggest things that causes anxiety is the belief that God, and we'll get to this in a little while, that God is disappointed in them. There are so many people watching today that maybe you believe that God is disappointed in you because of your past. Not only the past causes anxiety, um, the present causes anxiety. Like we got a lot of anxiety to deal with today. And this is, and I'm just saying this, I'm gonna say it every week until um, this, the more television you watch, the more anxious you will feel. Because it, when, when they lead with how many people died today, Nobody's going to go, oh, my gosh, it's the best thing ever. It's going to cause anxiety. And sometimes anxiety hits us when we don't, even expect it. There are people that are carrying around weight today. Am I going to have a job when this is over? Will the world ever be the same? What will travel look like? What will my social life look like? Will the business ever get to open? Am I going to lose everything I've got? Listen, all of us are dealing with it. Two weeks ago, I shared this on social media this week, two weeks ago, I had a panic attack. I haven't had one of those in over a year, and I still don't know what caused it. All I knew, I was laying in my floor in the kitchen on a Saturday night thinking this is how I'm gonna die and the only thing I knew how to do was pray. All of us are dealing with it. All of us are dealing with worry and anxiety today in some way shape form or fashion. The other thing that causes anxiety is the future. Just the thoughts about it and did you know, did you know that Christians if you're not careful Christians can mess up everything. Christians can mess up heaven if you listen to them too much. No, I'm serious. I was at a rally one night. I just became a Christian. I was a really young Christian, so I just went to everything that I could go to where somebody was preaching or teaching or singing um, or rapping, and then I tried to rap, and that was horrible. But, but this guy was on stage, and he was like, young people? And any time somebody starts a message with young people, it's, it's going to go downhill from that point right there. Young people, let me tell you what heaven's going to be like. I'm like, this is coming. This is awesome. So when we get to heaven, we're all going to go into a big old theater. And we're going to watch a movie of your life. And I was like, dear God. Send me to hell. I don't I don't want anybody watching. My, oh my God. I was freaked out about going to heaven. That's what that's what a Christian will do if you just let them. They just mess up everything. I'm just saying, I'm saying, a lot of us here today, we are worried about the future. Like, okay, I, for example, there's some people you pray the salvation prayer every week. You know why? Because you're sure you lost it somewhere along the way. I was fine until my kid did that, and I had to cuss my kid out, and then I had to apologize for cutting. and, and don't, don't judge me, because you have cussed your kid out, at least in your mind, at least one time, not your kid, your dog. All of us are worried about the future in some way, shape, form, or fashion, spiritually, emotionally, physically. This is where anxiety comes from. And so, so how do we deal with this? Well, For me, the Lord keeps bringing me back to one verse of Scripture. And and also for me, I love to kind of take a story and go go through the story and line by line and verse by verse or whatever and kind of bring some things out of the story. But God was like, not this week. Not this week. You need to stick with one verse, one main verse. And it's this. Written by a guy named Peter who was pretty close to Jesus and knew a thing or two about dealing with anxiety. Like he was at the garden when Jesus got arrested. So he, he knew a thing or two about it. And this is what Peter said: "Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. This verse is loaded. Cast all, not some, not just a few things, like you can give it all, your anxiety on him. Why? Why should we cast all our anxiety on him? Because he cares for you. Now, some of us, we don't cast our anxiety. We carry it. I'm using a football because... I'm hoping to manifest football season into existence. I mean, I just, I just need it to happen. I just need it to happen in some way, shape, form, or fashion. But we don't, we don't cast our anxiety, we carry it. And somebody, somebody will ask, hey, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Like, if, you just, if I walked around all the time holding a football, eventually you would come up to me and go, hey, man, um, listen, I'm not judging. I just, why are you, why are you holding the football? Why we got to talk about what I'm holding? Why aren't you holding the football? Why, why, why why you got to judge me for carrying around? That's what we'll do. We'll carry, we'll carry it around, and then if somebody asks us about it, we get mad. Hey, don't miss this. Don't miss this. Some people actually find their identity in their anxiety. Some people find their identity. In their anxiety. The main word that you use to describe yourself is I'm anxious and depressed. Guess what? If that's what you're saying about yourself all the time, that's who you're going to be. Take it from the guy who said it for years. Don't find your identity in your anxiety. Don't, Don't carry it around and just say, this is who I am. This is who I am. This is who I am. It may be what happens to us. But it's not, I'm getting ahead of myself. Getting ahead of myself, sorry. The other thing, the other thing that we'll do with our anxiety is, well, let me get kind of back up. I was talking to a friend of mine. Uh, the very last week we got to meet uh, together before like the corona um, explosion thing happened and we had to kind of shut down public gatherings. We were talking on the phone and he said, you know what? He said, the reason I love our church, he said, I've gone to church all my life And it's the first church when I leave, I actually feel good about the fact that I came to church. And I was like, oh my God, like, that's awesome. Now, some people will crack on that. So we've, been called, we've been called, oh, y'all are just a feel-good church. Well, I would rather be a feel-good church than a feel-bad church because the last time I checked, the gospel is the good news. And if people aren't hearing good news when they come to church, then what the heck are we talking about to begin with? I think we should talk about the good news, and I think people should walk out the doors feeling challenged but encouraged at the same time. That was for free. I didn't even plan on going on that rant. But you know why? I'm going to explain why. This, this hit me this week. You know why some of us feel good on Sunday, but by Sunday night or Monday, we're freaked out? Because this is what we do with our anxiety. We don't cast it. During church, we just, we just toss it up to God. But, but we don't really give it to him. We just kind of release it for a few minutes. We just, like in a worship song, we just forget. We just forget, oh, I forgot about my anxiety. Oh, got it. We don't really cast it. We just kind of toss it. Another thing, another reason we don't cast our anxiety on God, cast all our anxiety on him, we don't cast our anxiety on him because we cast our anxiety on other people. Now, it all of y'all know who those people are you see them coming you're like oh dear god oh dear god here they come here they come and if you're right now thinking i don't have any of those people in my life you are that person nobody loves you enough to tell you but that's who you are all right just just process it now i'm not saying that we shouldn't talk to other people about our problems i mean there's some there's some good like i can i can talk to philip about my problems and Philip knows I'm I'm messed up, and then Philip can kind of talk to me about his problems. But then, but then, what happens with a lot of people is that you, 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 they keep throwing stuff at you, and you're you're like, what? And before you know it, you got your problems, you got your kids' problems, you got your friends' problems, and this is how, (laughs) this is how you're walking around. And let me help you. This isn't how God intends for us to live. Some people look at, oh my gosh, you're such a hero. You're so strong. No, this is, this is not strong. This is stupid. Take it from a guy who did this for years. I can hold my stuff. I can hold your stuff. Okay, let's worship the Lord. Woo! I can't even put my hands up in the air. Spirit fingers, that's all I got. So instead of carrying this around, the Bible says cast. You know what happens when we cast? We throw it away and it doesn't come back. God, I'm going to give you this problem and knock the light out of the sky. <laughs> Screw it all. I'm fired up today. Free hugs. God, I'm going to give you my worries. I'm going to give you my doubts. I'm going to give you my fears. And they don't come back. We just cast. How much of our anxiety? All, all, all of our anxiety. Now, why should we cast our anxiety on God? Why should we cast it? Why? Here's why. Because he cares for you. Now, let me tell you something about some people watching today. You're not there yet. You're like me. I don't have a hard time believing that God loves you. I have a really difficult time believing that God loves me. You know what I'm talking about. And it's funny how God will talk to you sometimes. It's it's funny how God will show you things and you're not even looking for it. The other day, my doorbell rang, and um, I'm at home trying to be quarantined, and somebody ringing my doorbell. But it was the UPS guy. UPS. I call them the UPS people. Drive the UPS truck. So the UPS guy in the UPS truck was dropping off an UPS package, and he had. That, what they do now is they don't stand and deliver the package. They just ring the doorbell and run back to their truck. Which I don't. I don't blame them. I do the same thing. So he's halfway back to his truck. I open the door, and Chance, my dog, who's crazy, who's who's literally crazy, takes off after the UPS guy. He doesn't. And Chance, Chance is like 30 pounds. Like you could punt him, and he would go a good 70 yards. Like he's not vicious or ferocious. And so the guy didn't even run. He turned around and looked at him and smiled and said, "Oh, that's cute." And then he said, then he said. Will she come back to you if you call her? Now, the first thought that went through my mind is you did not just insult my, listen, Mr. Ups boy, I'll go FedEx all the way. Don't need your little brown truck with, you know, brown uniform. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm thinking in my mind. I didn't say that because it was just nice to see somebody during the quarantine. But I, I started thinking, you insulted my dog. You insulted. I said, I said, you know what? He actually will. He. It's a he. It's a he. And the guy was looking at me I was like, I know, I had those chopped off. I, I, I had to do it, but it's a he. It's a he. He came back in and I Sat on the couch with him, I was petting him on his head. okay, buddy. It's okay. We all know you're, we know who you are. You got misidentified. You're fine. And I started thinking about how much I love my dog. It's stupid how much I love my dog. I, I, I remember getting the email saying, you're approved for a dog. I got it from a, a place that you have to fill out an application from. I got approved. I, I paid a lot of money for the dog. We go pick the dog up and, and we brought him home. He was really, really cute. Then we took him to the vet, got my first vet bill. I was like, "What the?" They were, we had to give him these shots. I'm like, "Can you take some of this out?" I, mean, I, I just, I mean, because once you once you get the shots, you know, you got to pay for it. And I've had people go, "Oh, he's made your life so much better." No, he hadn't. No, he hadn't. <laughs> Not really. He. He's crapped in every room of the house. He's peed on, He peed on my bedspread one morning, my down comforter on a Sunday morning where I'm getting ready to come here and tell people about Jesus and this demon-possessed dog peed on my comforter right before I walked out of the house. But here's the deal. I love him. He's done, I paid for him. I've taken care of him. And even though he's caused me to go crazy sometimes, I love my dog. You want to get hurt? Mess with my dog. Mess with my dog. I had a friend this week that took their dog to a dog park, and another dog attacked their dog. And I'm like, oh, my God, if another dog attacked my dog, it'd be it. Be it for the other dog. And the owner didn't like it. I got something for them too. That's the, I mean, I'm Southern. That's the way I roll. <laughs> so I was thinking about that. And God spoke to my heart and said, why is it hard for you to believe that I love you unconditionally? If you can love a dog, why do you have a hard time believing I love you created in my image? It's a great question. Super convicting. But I'll pose the same thing to you. Why in the world would you think about the person that you love the most? Why do you love that person? Because they're perfect and they do everything right? No. God created you and me in his image. He doesn't want us to feel like we have to carry all that anxiety around with us. That's not God's will for our lives. He wants us to just cast it. And and guess what? It's not a one-time thing. I wish I could tell you if you would just give all your anxiety today to God, that it will be fine. But you know what? The enemy will make sure to bring it back. you got to keep God. I'm, I'm giving this to you. God, I'm giving this to you. God, I'm giving this situation to you. God, I'm giving this job situation to you. God, I'm giving my home situation to you. God, I'm giving my relationship situation to you. God, I'm just giving it to you and continually surrender over and over again because at the end of the day, he cares for you. I had a friend several years ago and he asked me, could we go to lunch? (laughs) The answer was yes because he said he was buying, and so we met for lunch, and um, we sat down, and we ordered, and he looked at me. I know we'll forget this conversation, because he looked at me, and he said, I know how you feel about this stuff, but I need you to just listen to me for a second. Now, when, when I'm talking about feel about this stuff, it's about people that approach me sometimes and ha- and have Words from the Lord for me. You would not believe the words from the Lord that I have gotten through crazy people. I, somebody come up to me one time. I won't tell you where. I won't tell you when. It's just, it happened. She said, I got something for you from the Lord. I said, okay. She said, it's time. Two, the Lord said, you would know what I'm talking about. I said, you go back and tell him I don't have a clue. I did. I did. I really said that. She was upset. She quit coming to our church. But, but I, I, I didn't know. I wasn't trying to be mean. I had a lady call me one time. And she said, I have a word from the Lord for you. I said, okay. She said, walk around your church building seven times. I said, no. She said, why? I said, that only happened one time in the Bible. They walked around Jericho seven times and it fell. I don't want the thing to fail, fall. We just got into things. So I'm not doing that. Thank you very much. Now, I know somebody right now is going, you probably missed out on a blessing. Sucks to be me, I guess, because I'm not walking around the building seven times. But I've also, I've also gotten some really strong encouragement this way. I don't dismiss all of it. And, and I, I, I trusted this guy, and I respected this guy. And he looked at me, and he said, I really feel like I have something from the Lord that I'm supposed to tell you. Now, I've been out of rehab about three or four months. It's right after my life completely fell apart, publicly. Most people get the courtesy of their life falling apart in private. So, I I mean, talk about rock bottom. I felt like I was at rock bottom. So I'm nervous when this guy's telling me his word from the Lord. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of shaking under the table. And he looked at me, and he said, God wants me to tell you that you are his son. And with you, he is well-pleased. And I, I couldn't, couldn't talk. And I was like, um, I don't. I told him. I said, I don't. I don't get that. I said, I, I can see how he was pleased with me a year or two ago, but I don't see how he's pleased with me now. And he said, Man, uh, I you know, you're going to have to figure that out with God. He said, I just know he wants me to tell you that. And so I took that word and I went home and I just, I couldn't, it was one of those things I just couldn't shake. So I just opened, I I did, I did what I knew how to do. I just opened my Bible and hardly ever do this, but I was like, I'm just going to open my Bible. I'm just going to read what's there. And I opened it to Matthew chapter three, verse seventeen, which says, and a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Do you know what Jesus had done before God said this about him? Nothing. He had not performed one miracle. He had not done one ounce of teaching. God is declaring to Jesus, I love you. Not after Jesus does everything right, but before. So to the person out there that thinks that you're a disappointment to God, here's what I want you to hear God say over you today. You are his child and with you he is well pleased to the person that feels like God is disappointed in you God knew everything you were going to do before he even made you and went ahead and made you anyway and arranged for the payment of sin to be made God is not disappointed in you you are his son You are his daughter, and with you, he is well-pleased. And that God, not the angry God, not the upset God, but the unconditional loving God wants you to cast all your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. One of the things that I've been praying in this season of my life, and I know a lot of you have been praying this for your life as well, is that I would believe the things that God says about me rather than what others say about me. And my prayer for us today in dealing with worry and anxiety is that we could literally pause and let the Holy Spirit just wash over our hearts and our minds so that we could see who we are through heaven's eyes, immersed in mercy and immersed in grace. His children with whom he is well-pleased and we can cast our anxiety on him. So Father, as we prepare to sing this next song, I pray once again for the posture of our hearts to just be wide open to what you would say to us over these next few moments. God, that we would see ourselves through your eyes. God, what people have said about us, what people have said to us, God, you would literally burn that away and God put inside our hearts and our minds the truth from your Holy Spirit in Jesus name I pray